This is The Space Shot, episode 336 for April 15th, 2018. In the pale moonlight, I'm John Molnix. First off, I've got a little space history to discuss today, then it's time for some pop culture. NASA's DART, or Demonstration of Autonomous Rendezvous Technology spacecraft, was launched on April 15, 2005. The Pegasus XL rocket is air-launched from a modified Lockheed L-1011 TriStar jet aircraft from an altitude of 39,000 feet. The Pegasus XL is a three-stage, all-solid rocket motor launch vehicle that can put smaller 400 to 1,000 pound payloads into low Earth orbit. The DART spacecraft was equipped with advanced technologies, hence the name, that were supposed to allow it to rendezvous and maneuver to other spacecraft without the need for ground controllers performing those procedures. While approaching the U.S. military satellite it was slated to rendezvous with, the DART spacecraft collided with this satellite, the MobileCom-3 satellite, a development that wasn't known by ground controllers at that time. NASA convened an investigation board to determine the cause of this failure. Due to ITAR, the International Traffic and Arms Regulations, all of the details of the investigation weren't released to the public, but there were a few. The collision occurred less than 11 hours into the mission, according to the NASA report, and the impact between DART and MobileCom actually pushed that military satellite into a higher orbit. MobileCom 3 was able to reset its software and was brought back online after the incident. Quote, in summary, the persistent, inaccurate, Navigational information that caused DART's premature retirement resulted from a combination of 1. An initial, unacceptable, calculated difference between DART's estimated and measured position that triggered a software reset. 2. The introduction of uncorrected, erroneous velocity measurement into the calculation scheme. 3. A navigational software design that was overly sensitive to erroneous data. and 4. The use of incorrect gain control in the calculation scheme. Autonomous cars have come a long way in the past decade, so I wonder where we will be with autonomous spacecraft in another 10 years. I'm putting this down as a topic for future discussion, so we will be returning to it with an interview episode in the future. Now, for some pop culture. As all of you are well aware, I'm a fan of Star Trek in all of its various incarnations. Deep Space Nine is a grittier vision of Gene Roddenberry's perfect future where humanity has transcended many of its problems and, in some instances, human nature itself. I think that Deep Space Nine is a more realistic exploration of human nature and what we're capable of than what we get in The Next Generation and Voyager. The aspirational idealism we see with Picard is nowhere to be found in this darker episode of Star Trek. This is one of the episodes where Avery Brooks gets to shine as Captain Sisko. Here's some 24th century geopolitics you're going to need in order to fully appreciate this episode. The Federation is fighting a losing war against an implacable enemy, the Dominion, and Dominion forces are literally bred for conquest, controlled with drugs, and are led by a xenophobic race of shapeshifters that seek to subjugate monoforms into their idea of a perfect order. Naturally, the Federation would stand opposed to such a force, and the ensuing battles left millions of civilians and members of Starfleet dead. 
Faced with darkening prospects at winning the war, and with the personal cost of seeing these casualty reports come across his desk with all too common regularity, Sisko decides to do something to turn the tide of the war. The exploration of the lengths that Sisko is willing to go to in order to fight back against the Dominion is what makes this episode so compelling. Espionage, deception, sabotage, murder, bribery are acts not commonly associated with members of Starfleet. Yet, in this darkest hour of a losing battle, these acts on a small scale help turn the tide of a larger war effort. If this episode sounds intense, that's because it is. Thankfully, there's some dark comedy, courtesy of my favorite Ferengi, Quark, to lighten the mood of this episode. How is he? How do I look? I'm a man who just had a brush with death. He'll be fine. His ribs deflected the knife from his major organs. Bleeding was superficial. Superficial? You know how much the shirt cost? Will you excuse us for a moment, Doctor? I'll check on you tomorrow. Do you intend to press charges? You bet I do. What will it take... Um... To, uh, convince you otherwise. Are you offering me a bribe? I knew it. Captain, I've always liked you. I suspected that somewhere deep down in your heart of hearts there was a tiny bit of Ferengi just waiting to get out. What's your price? Well, let's start with replacing my clothes and Ampella's clothes. All right. I'm not finished. I think I should be compensated for the loss of business I suffered today, which I calculate as no less than five bars of gold-pressed latinum. Done. I'm also having a problem with station security. They're holding some cargo containers which I've been waiting for because of some missing import license or something. I'll handle it. A anything else? No. I think we can call it a bribe. And thank you, Captain. Thank you for restoring my faith in the 98th rule of acquisition. Every man has his price. If you've never watched Star Trek Deep Space Nine, consider this episode as a reason enough to get into the Dominion War arc that lasts multiple seasons. If you have Amazon Prime or Netflix, Deep Space Nine should be available on both of those streaming services, depending on your geographic region. For my listeners in Europe, shoot me a line with where you're able to watch Star Trek. I'm not entirely sure who has the rights to it over there. Tomorrow, Apollo 16. I hope all of you have a fantastic rest of your day. I appreciate each and every one of you that listen to the podcast every day. I'd be incredibly grateful if you could share the podcast with your friends and family. Tag one of them and let them know about your favorite episode. I'd also really appreciate it if you could venture into the Apple Podcasts app or your podcast app of choice and leave a review for The Space Shot. A steady stream of reviews helps ensure the Space Shot is more visible in the Apple Podcasts app. As always, the show notes have more information on today's episode. You can hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Molnix. I'm always up to chat. You can also connect with me on Facebook. Just search the Space Shot or check out the links in the show notes and you'll find me. I'm John Molnix and I'll catch you on the flip side. <laughs>